It's a blessing for God's concern to be your concern. It's a blessing. There are many things that we call a blessing that are truly not a blessing. When a man gets a car, he calls it a blessing. When he gets a house, he says, I'm blessed. But truly, the true things that God calls a blessing are in the scriptures. Let me show you a few scriptures. One of the things that um, some of the people that David called blessed, Psalm 65, he said, blessed, verse 4, said, blessed is the one you choose and bring near. He says, blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. said, it's a blessing. He calls it a blessing. He said, blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. So he calls a blessing the love that we have for God. He calls it a blessing. Because sometimes you don't even understand why some other people are not able to identify with our passion. Sometimes it's like, this is so clear. Why don't you love God? It's so clear. Like, we, we can't explain the things that happen in our rooms. We, don't, we can't explain the, the kind of things that happen in our, in our prayer closets when we go out for soul winning. And sometimes we can't even understand why some people even speak against God and say that there's no God and say that... Um, there's, there should be another way as, apart from Jesus. But one of the reasons why we can accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, he says it's a blessing. He said, blessed is the man whom thou causes to approach unto thee. That means this even uh, passion that we have, can't wait to go to church, can't wait to go for soul winning, this passion that we have in our hearts, he calls it a blessing. Truly, these are the things that God calls a blessing. Blessed is the man whom thou causes to approach unto thee. Even to why we have such a burning passion in our hearts. You know, passion for God is a blessing. Passion for God is a blessing. It's a rare blessing. If you have, if you have backslidden before, you appreciate the fire that spurs you on to love God. Because it, it couldn't have been done. It's just like prayer. When you pray by the Spirit, when you pray through the Spirit, when you pray by the agency of the Spirit, and sometimes you pray in the glory, so the prayer cannot stop. Have you ever experienced that? It's like, you, you, you're being, the next time you try to even do the same thing, not w- with the Spirit, you're trying to pray, you know, it doesn't come out like that. You, you wish, what about the other time? It's a blessing. We are being Carried by the Spirit of God. It's a blessing to love God. And I can, I can say that by the time we are done with this kingdom week, our own passion would have doubled and tripled and, and multiplied. We will do a passion transfer. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I remember a young lady who was telling me one time, she was like, I'm trying to love God. And it's not working. I'm trying. I said, thank God you are trying. That means we can explain somewhere that this thing is not by might. I told her, I said, if you keep trying, 
it will keep failing. God has to cause you to approach unto him. So when you want to know that what is important to God, what is a blessing, one of the very key blessings are the opportunity we have to approach unto God. And he says, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house. Look at it. Psalm 65. He said, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house. Even of thy holy temple. You know what that means? He said, we shall be satisfied with the good things of your house. What he's trying to say is, we will call great. We will call holy. We will call powerful what comes from the house of God. That means my opportunity to even be an usher, I will esteem it more highly. You know, there are some people, if for example, me personally, let's say maybe I was very, those times I was very active in music. Let's say between winning a music award and my pastor saying well done. I'll choose my pastor saying well done. Someone say, ah, he just won this award. No, I, I, I don't esteem it like that. Everybody could clap for me. It's God clapping for me. He said, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of our house. We will call great, we will call powerful, we will call holy, we will call uh, uh, valuable what comes from the house of God. Do you call great what comes from the house of God? Is going to church on Sunday something you look forward to? I love what my, my, my father and the Lord said. He said the day he was made a cell leader, he could not sleep. Yes. The day I was made a fellowship leader, I could not sleep. Who, who am I? That God would trust me with his people. I could not sleep. Oh, we will be satisfied with the goodness of thy house. The day you were made a leader, that day you should cry. Yes, I am only a cell leader. Cry. Thank you, Jesus. Prince of Peace, Lord of all, Creator of all things, Mighty One, the Sovereign God, whose kingdom never ends. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the For all that you 
Also, leaders, thank the Lord for calling you. Well, that you have done. Jesus, I'm back. Nearby, for all that you have done, for all that you have done, Jesus. For all that you have done for all, for all that you have done, Jesus, I magnify all my worship. For thus hear the Spirit of the Lord. He said, I've set you on high. And I've set thee over the nations, hear the Spirit of God. To cause you to move my gospel within the nations, hear the Spirit of God. 
For the Lord says that these are the last days. And therefore I have increased the grace. Therefore I have increased the grace. And I have increased the grace. Hear the Spirit of God. The things that were impossible before are now being made possible. See the Spirit of God. For the Lord says, by my Spirit, I am causing the impossible to be done. I am causing the things that were not thought possible to be done. He said, for a mighty harvest, a mighty harvest, a mighty harvest, and it shall sweep through the nations. See the Spirit of God. And the nations shall come to the knowledge of the glory of God. Sear the Spirit of God. For these are the last days. Sear the Spirit of God. These are the last days. Sear the Spirit of God. For you shall walk forth and display the virtues of the kingdom of God. As I raise you for this time, I raise you for this day. Sear the Spirit of God. I raise you for this day. Sear the Spirit of God. And you shall see an explosion. You shall see a mighty harvest, a mighty explosion. It's all the things that have not been heard by the ears of men and the things that have not been seen by the eyes of men. See the Spirit of God. For I will cause you to do them, see the Lord. I will cause you to do them, see the Lord. I have given you the grace to accomplish my work in these last days. The Lord says, for you shall finish well, see the Lord. For you shall finish it. Is that just as Jesus said that my meat is to do the Father's will and to finish it? He said, I'm bringing you and giving you the grace to finish it. See the Spirit of God. For you shall finish it and you shall finish strong. You shall finish it and you shall finish strong. See the Spirit of God. See the Spirit of God. For I've given you the multitude. I've given you the multitude. They shall throng in your direction. I've given you the people. They shall come in your direction. He said, get ready for a mighty harvest. Get ready. Get ready for a mighty harvest. Hear the Spirit of God. Get ready for more people. Get ready for I've caused the harvest to come in your direction. See the Spirit of God. He said, I've blown the harvest in your direction. The Lord said, the harvest is coming in your direction. See the Spirit of God. It's coming your direction. It's coming your direction. It's coming our direction. The things that we have dreamed, they are coming our direction. They are coming our direction. Lora makila bastrona matesko balene. Yes, Lord. Listen. I said it's a blessing for God's concern to be your concern. Oh, Jesus. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. He says, Paul was telling the, the 
in Romans. He said, brethren, I want you to um, pick out these very important points here. He said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer. So you write number one, desire. Heart's desire. How is it possible that a man's heart desire? He said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. I mean, this is what the, the, the guy is thinking about. There are some people, if you check their heart's desire, they, we say, everyone open your mouth and begin to pray. The kind of things that will come out of their mouth, you see that all their heart's desire is themselves or their family or things that go around them. But look at what Paul is saying. He said, brethren, my heart's desire. How on earth did he catch this passion? How did he get it? He said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer. So, every time the apostle finds himself in a place of desire, you know, there are some people, as we speak now, all their heart desire is to marry. And there are some people, all their heart desire is to have a car. And so say, oh, if I get a car, my life will never be the same again. Oh, all, all I want God to do for me is to get a house in Trasaco for me. But another person is having a different kind of heart desire. He said, brethren, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. How does a man come to this point where all he thinks about is that others will be saved? I want to listen to all of you, first of all, maybe before I continue. I want to listen to you. I'll start with Nat P. What's your inspiration? No, the apostle is saying here, my heart desire and prayer. Why do you preach the gospel? I want to know. Maybe if you have another ulterior motive, we'll find out here. So what's the heart desire? What the guy says, my heart desire and prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. Oh, I cannot number the number of times I have cried. I have cried for young people. That's way before I even became a, a, a pastor. Way before I have seen place, I've cried. Then you know, like the Bible says concerning Jesus Christ, he went to stand on the on the shores and he saw the compassion. The Bible says he was moved with compassion for them. There are many times I can I can tell you for a fact, there are many times I was at bus stations, I saw young people in school uniform. When I see them, my heart begins to beat. Once I see them walking like that, they've not said anything to me, I've not said anything. I don't even know whether they are saved or not, but my heart begins to beat. He says, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel. That is the content of his prayer. Said, Tell me, what, what, what is your heart desire? What, 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 what uh, is your inspiration? I want to know your inspiration for, for preaching the gospel. All right. Thank you very much, sir. It's been a opportunity to be on set with you. I think 2012, when I became, let me say, became fully born again, because I used to attend church, but I wasn't born again. And I started listening to a man who called Pastor Chris, and he shared... A story and he gave a scenario that how does it feel when you stand by a fire? You feel the burns. So imagine someone in a room with a fire burning and you get the opportunity to save the person. How grateful would the person be? Then he linked it to being in hell where the pain 
of the fire, the burns, is continuous forever. That went deep down on me. So just like you said, anytime I see people, most especially Muslims, I begin to feel that how come? When? So that story shared by Pastor Chris is one inspiration or one motivation that moves me towards ensuring that people become born again. Because mm. just like everyone, when you stand by a fire, you can't tolerate or get to do with the pains that comes with the pains. So imagine having someone being in it. And you have the opportunity by preaching the gospel to the person mm. and making the person become born again. So what will you do? You preach the gospel to the person. Mm. So that has been my motivation, sir. You know, and amazingly, um, you you had the opportunity to become the is it the SRC regional administrator? The SRC regional administrator. Yes, sir. And you use that opportunity to preach the gospel. Yes, sir. Tell us about it. Yes, sir. So, just like my administrative duties, I go to the schools or when we have meetings, we talk to them about what they need to do or the functions and modus operandi or operations of the council. So after doing that, then we chip in some few things. As a result of chipping in the things in the Bible, you begin to win their hearts. And one scripture that consistently, by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, I kept using was First Thessalonians 4, verse 11, the read message it, translation. Read, read, read. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11, yes. the message translation. It's, it reads, Stay calm. Mind your own business. Do your own job. You have heard all these things from us before, but a reminder never hurts. So I go on the tangent of telling them that all these things we keep telling them, in a sort of advice, they've heard them before, but then a reminder never hurts. Mm. So through this, then we chip in more scriptures. Mm. We chip in more scriptures okay. to encourage them. Mm. In a way of encouraging them, then we get to know, we get to know those who are not born again, Okay. And those who are born again, wow. or those whose fire for the Lord is down, mm. then we lead them to Christ. Wow. Yes, sir. Wow. No, because you have access to almost all the, the senior schools, senior in, schools in Accra. Yes, sir. In greater Accra. Yes, sir. And you didn't just you, um, go and do your duty. You, you made sure you used that as an opportunity to preach the gospel. Did you yes. get any of the people saved? What what has some of the um, testimony? I don't know. It's, it's something come out of it. Yes, uh, I think a year, the last badge, last year's badge, most of them in the course of the administration, being born again, they sort of thought it was a gimmick. Mm. They didn't actually take note of that. So when they were done and they handed over, they were waiting for their placement into the universities. And most of them, they were not getting their placement. Some were getting their second choice schools and all of that. So then, it struck me by the Spirit that we need to pray with them. So I began praying with them, and by word of knowledge, I tell, it, I tell them that by name, you are getting this school, and you are getting your first choice course. Mm. Others will get your second choice course. And by the grace of God, it has happened accordingly. Wow. So then they began to embrace the gospel. Mm. So whilst in their various schools, most of them in tech and UCC, I send them the link to join the fellowship and they participate. Wow. 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 This, this is a, um, 
a typical example of a chariot. We're talking about join this chariot. A typical example of joining this chariot. You know? So in most of the schools, some of the heads are very skeptical mm. because of the fact that they are Muslims in their school. Mm. But thankfully, most of the schools in the region are missionary schools. So mm. it's the Christianity factor. Mm. So this school, for instance, uh, English Amman from Senior High School, mm. it was before the COVID came in. So I went there, their week celebration, and apparently they invited some few people to lead them in a sort of praise jam or something like that. So then I chipped in that factor. We mm. planned, I spoke with them, and they were like, anytime we wanted space to come to the school to preach the gospel, they were always available. Wow. But planned them, we came in. <laughs> <laughs> so we will definitely go back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that's one of the schools, English Amman from Senior High School. Wow. And thankfully, their head mistress is a reverend. Wow. Yes, a reverend minister. Wow. We find it very difficult getting headmistresses or heads of institution joining these services. But she stayed true. Wow. Yeah, she stayed true. Wow. I think from the video, you could see her dancing. Powerful. 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 Interesting. Akosia Linda, what's your inspiration for, for winning souls? What's your inspiration? My inspiration for winning souls, growing up, I wasn't born from a Christian home. So my daddy was, my daddy is a Christian, my mommy was an Eke. So growing up, when I wake up Sundays, my mommy would say we should all follow her to Ekanka. And my daddy, my daddy was a Christian, but he wasn't around. And I'll see young people going for Sunday school. But I have to follow my mommy to Ekanka, and I didn't really like it. So I would sneak into the Methodist church when we don't go to, we don't go for the Ekanka services. And so when I got to SHS, I went to Samaritan. When I got to SHS, it was a Catholic school, but since I had the opportunity of uh, serve, uh, pray, uh, serving God, worshiping God, I loved it. So I decided to follow my sister everywhere she goes. And when I got to university, I, I, um, I met Sir Mark, and I fell in love with Christ and body, and then I, yeah, here I am. But Sir, one thing that inspires me to win souls, I didn't get the opportunity early. Mm. I didn't get that opportunity. I wish I, I, I knew all the things I knew earlier. But since I didn't get the opportunity early, I like to reach people who are lost. People who are, who don't know this life, who don't know what this kingdom entails, I I it's bent when I see people living a life that there's no Jesus, there's there's nothing there's nothing to write home about. So what inspires me, I go all out because mm. I want that life for other people. Mm. I want that life for other people. I I want them to experience what I'm experiencing. Mm. So if you find yourself in my world, in any in my school, in my hostel, in my room, you would definitely follow me to church. Wow. 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 You know, if you have not experienced Jesus, uh, all that we are talking about might not make much sense to you. You see? All that we are talking about might not make much sense to you. When you experience Jesus, everything changes. It's like the experience is what crowns everything. You know, we are not talking about um, trying to, you know, 
preach a religion, do this and do that. We are talking about these are things that we have experienced. Life. This is true life. Things that we've experienced. Nobody's lying to anybody because we've all experienced what we are talking about here. Now, many times, like I, like I tell you, I, I remember the day I gave my life to Christ. The day, I, I've never said this, the day I gave my life to Christ, I won a soul. The day I gave my life, I, I prayed for the sick. This day. The day. No, I couldn't be, because what happened to me, I couldn't, I, I couldn't keep it to myself. That, so sometimes, you know, Pastor Chris said, um, sometimes he wonders if people receive the, whole, the real Holy Ghost. Is that because if you receive the real Holy Ghost, you will be bold about Jesus. Your life will be burning for Jesus. I couldn't keep it. When I got born again, I immediately moved back to my area where I was doing the bad things. And I went straight to my ex-girlfriend. I started from there. Bible says start from Jerusalem. That was Jerusalem. <laughs> you see, so I started from Jerusalem. Then I went to a friend who was complaining about stomach ache. I didn't know anything. I didn't know about anything about praying for the sick. I didn't even know what I was doing. But I said, you know, because I had experienced something. The day I got born again, it was power. Because that's the same day I spoke in tongues. So I felt the power of God. So I said, okay, let's pray to God. You know, I didn't even know that it's about laying hands on the sick. I said, let's pray to God. And I, I, if you pray to God, I said, okay. Then I remembered, you know, one beautiful thing about God is, all those who went to Sunday school, like she was saying, she didn't get to go. All those who went to Sunday school, Sunday school is so important. You know what I, I started noticing? I started noticing that when I got born again, God now started bringing me memories, the memory verses that I learned in Sunday school. Some of the things that I saw my daddy do when I was a kid. So, Till today, I pray like my biological dad. Because I learned long hours of prayer from him. Because when we were kids, I didn't know anything about God, but you'll be lying in the sofa and you'll be praying in tongues, praying in tongues till morning. So when I got born again, I just found myself going in that direction. It's like my mind had captured all the things around me. If you have little siblings in the house, don't allow them to be watching telenovelas. It will play out. Put before them, let them watch messages compulsorily. Because if, for example, if they are in a house and messages are always playing, you have no choice. It will be in your mind. If they'll go and learn something else from school, no problem. When they come back, we'll delete it. You understand? Because I, I noticed that all the things, because I remember my dad used to pray for the sick and sometimes he would pray over water for the sick. So all of a sudden, I began to remember that, okay, my dad used to do this. I told him, bring water. Then I prayed over the water. He took it and he got healed. Then he now started spreading it, you know, but even though he did that to spite me, but he got healed though. He now started spreading it. Hey! Why are you pastor? You know, started, started spreading all over, the, all over the place. But the key thing I'm trying to bring out here, I could not keep quiet. I could not keep quiet. Is it tell us? What has been your inspiration for winning souls? Your inspiration. Thank you, sir, for this opportunity. My inspiration started as a heart's desire. And then as life was going by, I started having experiences which increased the desire to win souls. For example, Nimatuka 9, 1.0, I realized that people actually want to pray, but they were never really given the opportunity to come out and pray. Because, I mean, it was... Amazing. Amazing. Like... Who on earth thought that an all night? In fact, we, we have more people in our all nights than any of our meetings. So, and you, you ask yourself a question, why? No, we never thought it was possible that young people would come out in their numbers, we would have it on site, they were there. We had it online, they were there. 
Continue. Then I realized that, oh, so people are just looking for opportunity. And then um, Sarek shared something with me. He said, success is when opportunity meets preparation. So when is a Christian prepared? If you have the Holy Ghost, you are prepared. Mm. If you are willing, you are prepared. If mm. you're obedient, you are prepared. Mm. So that's oh, it. Say those three things again. Success if you have the Holy Ghost, you are prepared. prepared. If you are willing, you are prepared. And what again? Obedient. If you're obedient, you are prepared. So one of I I read a quote from Charles Spurgeon some time ago, and then that his exact words um, described the desire that was in me. He said, "If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies, and if they perish, let them perish with their arms wrapped about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions, and let not one go unwarned and unprayed for." Then I was like, it resonated in my spirit. I was like, this is going to be my national anthem. Then I remembered a message I listened to when I became a cell leader, Prevailing Prayer by Pastor Chris. And then he made mention of a certain scripture, Isaiah chapter 66, verse 8. He said, the ending of the scripture says, If Zion, as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. So from the whole message, I caught that. You can't stop a pregnant woman who, who, like, is ready to give birth. You can't stop the baby from coming out. If Christians will pray, it's possible for the whole world to be saved. So I realized that anything is possible if we pray. That's what inspires me to win souls, the fact that it's possible for everyone to be saved. As far as I'll keep praying for them, when it's time for the baby to come out, you can't stop it. And I have a testimony from that. When I joined church first, I was using my might. I was using my mind to bring people. I'll convince them that, oh, I drive, let's go, I'll drop you there, and things like that. But I realized that that was not what was making them stay. So after I listened to Prevailing Prayer by Pastor Chris, I realized that, oh, the secret is in prayer. If I'll pray for them, they'll come. It's just a matter of time. Thank you, sir. So, it really wasn't about, you know, some people, I, I'm, not, I'm not criticizing any church, but some churches use meat pie and coke <laughs> to invite people to church. And people come, item 30. You were telling me the story of a man. And at that time, we had just started church. And we, are, we were having our meetings at Best West. No, at that time, Holiday Inn. And a few people were coming. They were coming. But this man was having a fellowship that he was buying honeysuckle for them every service. Yes. You know what it means? You know honeysuckle? It's not Yatao. <laughs> he was buying honeysuckle for them every service. So, and it was like, in the beginning, people were going. Yes, what did I tell you? When you told me, what did I tell you? Just a matter of time. I said, it's just a matter of time. Today, are they there? No, please. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody is there. You can have the money to buy for people because the true need of people is spiritual. They might not know. Look, we, we, on our covers. We've had meetings and had th- thousands and tens of thousands of people. I've never shared water. I've never shared water. It's amazing that, that, you see, sometimes there are things you want, but there are things you need. Most of the time, when it comes to things that you need, you don't know. Because, for example, if we talk about what you want to eat, right, you might pick 
some junk food. When you go to a doctor, what do you need to eat? He'll pick vegetables for you. So most of the time, the things you need to eat, you will need a specialist to tell you that this is what you need. When it comes to the true need of man, it's a spiritual. In the begin- so people ask questions. Why do people keep coming? Why do they keep hearing, coming to you and keep hearing the word of God? It's because we give them, we, we feed their soul. And you know, amazing thing, I was telling someone about how in our service, sometimes people sit on the floor. What will make people come to church and sit on the floor? Because what their spirit longs for is supplied there. What their spirit longs for is supplied there. And they can see in the beginning, maybe things will just be, you know, playing out. And as time goes on, they can see that truly their spirits are being fed. And sometimes you, you can receive so much in church that even if you want to backslide, it's not possible. It's like you keep going and you come back to where you're, where you're coming from. Listen. We need, we need this. Look, we've not seen anything yet. We see some, we show pictures and videos of how we've had thousands of people in our, in our meetings. And, and it's not enough. We cannot, we cannot, we cannot stop here. It's not enough. There are still so many young people who need to come to the same knowledge. Look at how many young people are depressed now. It's not becoming fashionable to be depressed. It's not becoming fashionable to be suicidal. It's like it's for rich people. <laughs> so when I think about it, I say, Lord, more young people. Lord, more young people. Lord, more... I heard a man of God say one time, Kai. He said, you will need three times the power to preach to old people to young people. He said, the power you need to preach to old people, you will need three times that power to... to to young people because young people don't really have problems. Now, if you are talking about problems, don't go, don't go near old people, they have a lot. Life has made them have a lot of problems. But young people, as uh, uh, you have quite a handful of them having issues, very serious issues, all right. But a lot of young people, all right, are in a place where it, they will need something genuine, it's like a genuine hunger for God, and that is it, you know. History is a kind of teacher. There are many teachers. Experience is a teacher. History is a teacher. <laughs> Wisdom is the best teacher. The Holy Ghost is the best teacher. But there are different kinds of teachers. History is also a good teacher. History can help you to know what can repeat itself. Listen. If there's any road that has been tried and tested over the years, it's this that we are talking about. It's this that we have been talking about. Let me tell you something. I went to Lagos one day and Pastor Chris was saying something. I never forget it. He said, we are not the first to walk on this earth. Look, where we are sitting today, some years ago, it was the farmland of one Mr. Akute and his wife. They were passing through where we are sitting today. They were passing this place to go to their farm. Probably maize or tomatoes. Or it was just a forest probably with just big trees. Probably. People walked here. Not knowing one day some other people who don't even know them will come and build a studio here. Jesus Christ asked a question. 
He said, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? God is so concerned about, about people and concerned about souls. He's so concerned about them that he says that, he said, uh, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? That means when God starts concerned, um, um, confirming value, the whole world, he's willing to trade the whole world for one person. Say, yea, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? He said, the soul of man is so priceless, so precious to God. How does a man end up in this place where God's concerns become his concern? Look at what the parable Jesus Christ said. Jesus Christ said that a man who was a shepherd, he said he had hundred sheep. He said, suppose if any of you have a hundred sheep and one is lost, he said he will leave the 99 and go and look for that one. To show you God's concern, God's concern, and all that God has been doing is to be pursuing men. But you know, the amazing thing is that God is working together with us. A lot of the time, God does not, you know, have the, the minds, the willing, like you mentioned, willing people. Because God comes to one Christian, and he wants to get the Christian's attention that, hey, we need to work on souls. And the person's thinking, but God, I am not feeling well. But God, I need this. By God, I don't have a car. By God. Then they are praying to God for things that God says should be able to come to them free if they focus on the kingdom. God, I want that. God. So God comes and the person is not willing. Then to some other people, they are not obedient. God tells them, walk out of your house by this time and go and do this and do that. When I look, when I look at church today, I look at all my leaders, and all I see is my obedience to God. Start this, I start it. Stop it, I stop it. Go here, I go there. Come here, I come. Start this, I start it. Start pneumatic night, I start it. That's how some people came to church. Have Super Sunday, I have it. Go and do this, I do it. Sometimes I'm like, God, like for example, this kingdom, we come like, God, we've had so many meetings, so many programs. I don't want to have any program again. God says, have kingdom week. Then God told me one time, as I, he said, listen, you are not in normal times. So don't say you're having too many programs. Say you're not in normal times. With the days we find ourselves now, God wants to get his people's attention. Do you know during the lockdown, some people lost their Christianity? We are are looking for some people now. So I thought about it. I thought about it. While some people look at, at what we are doing for God and think we are doing it for, uh, for gain, for human gain or for financial gain, while some people look at it, only God knows what is burning in our hearts. It's like sometimes people wonder, you know, like cell leaders. They use their own money, pay for Uber, carry people to church. Who pays them? Who gives them something for what they are doing? Sometimes pastor doesn't even say thank you. No, the pastor doesn't even clap for you. Sometimes your, your last money was what you used to do. In fact, then you not came to a phase where, you know, you use your last money and you, you're even thinking of how you take them back. And you are looking at how you are going to do You are putting your faith to work and take them back. But these people, you know, they are, they are so relaxed, waiting after service, take me home. They don't know the, the constraint under which you went through to bring them to church. What were you looking for? Say, brother, my heart desire. My heart desire. Has God's concern become your concern? 
Has it become your heart desire? What, at what point in time, it, at what time will God's concern become your concern? God, at a certain point in time, will tell me, do this. I said, God, it costs a lot of money. He said, do it regardless. When I look at, when I see, especially the leaders, I see my obedience to God. Start NCGM. I say, yes, sir. I move. Travel to this place. I moved. And I met Pastor Claude. I met Prosper. I met Etonam. I met many people. I met all of them. Many, some of them are even bishops and pastors of certain ministries today. There are times I had to leave Accra at 8 p.m. I would go and land there by 12. We have midnight meeting. When I finish, I take a car, I come back to Accra. And you, while you are coming back, you don't even see an angel who will say thank you for what you did. <laughs> Why are we so concerned? If God was to put a desire radar on our hearts, what would he see? When we look at Paul's own, he said, my heart desire for Israel. He said, my heart desire and prayer. We'll come to that point of prayer. First of all, heart desire. What burns in your heart? What burns in your heart? Is it all that burns in your heart is what you want to do for yourself? What burns in your heart? He said, brethren, my heart desire. Then he says, and prayer for God, to God. He said that Israel will be saved. I have so much passion for young people. And sometimes the old people. Oh God. I remember when I went with my friend, Pastor Marvin, to a, um, a hospital many years ago. I think I've told the story before. Somewhere in Kweu, we went to the hospital. When I entered the hospital, I cried. I cried. I couldn't hold myself. So till today, it's so difficult for me to enter a hospital ward because I can't. I can't. And it's not, you know, some people are afraid of blood. It's not fear of blood. It's like, I can't take. Why is humanity going through this? Meanwhile, Jesus came. Jesus came. And all Jesus needs is a ready man. All Jesus needs is a willing man. All Jesus needs is an obedient man. All Jesus needs is a willing person. So many people are not willing. They're not willing. They're all thinking about themselves. Listen, don't try. Don't, don't ply that road. Don't ply the road. Don't ply that road. Let God's concern become your concern. And God's concern is the source of men. Let me show you a scripture. Luke 19. Verse 10. Okay, we are, we are going to look at three scriptures. Let's start from John chapter 10. Verse 10. He says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus is speaking. He says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So number one, he came to give life. Jesus Christ is stating his statement of purpose here. 
I'm come that they might have life. He came to give life. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. He says, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. The first one, he says, he came to give life. The second one, he said, he came to seek and save that which was lost. Have you ever heard the song? You did not wait for me to cry out to you. But you clothe yourself in frail humanity. You did not wait for me to call out to you. But you hear a voice calling me. And I'm forever grateful to you. I'm forever grateful for the cross. I'm forever great to you that you came to seek and save the lost. I'm forever grateful to you. I'm forever. So he says here, he came to seek that which was lost. And the third one, 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. He said, he that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. He said, for this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now look at these three statements of purpose. Not one, no, you will not see for once in any of the statement of purpose, that Jesus did any of those things for himself. What was he doing? He was showing us the way of greatness. Jesus was showing us the way of greatness. None of these things. Every he said, I come that they might have life. I am come that they, I might destroy the works of the devil. Over what? Over the, over the people. He said, I'm come to seek and save that which was lost. Everything he did, he did for people. Now, even with the miracles of Jesus... When the devil told him, turn the stone into bread. He didn't refuse to turn it into bread. Why? Because he was going to eat it. If he turned the stone into bread, he was going to eat the stone that was turned into bread. Now, to know that bread was not a problem, he later multiplied bread, but he multiplied it for people. Why, are we, why, why, why did Adam have a problem? He ate the apple. If he gave the apple to the lion, we will not be here today. 
self, listen, self took man out of the garden. It will take selflessness for men to get back in. It will take people who will lay their life down. People who will start partnering with God. It's like, what, what does God want to do? God is looking. So by this time, if you know any friend, you know, sometimes I think about, I have so many people to pray for, and I have a list of people to pray for. And you know, the way praying for people is, if you want it to be very effective, you have to take it one by one. You can't pray generally. If you really want it to be effective, you have to take them one by one. And I noticed something. I said, all these people I'm praying for now, they all have friends who are Christians. If, like for example, backslidden people, they have friends who are Christians. If everybody was being his brother's keeper, all the Lord wouldn't have to go on one person. Are you getting my point? It's like everybody should be involved. Be involved. Go and look for friends who are backslidden. Don't go and start by talking to them. They, they are blind. A backslidden person is usually worse than he came in. So at that time, he's blind. He does not see what you are saying. He does not see come back to church. He does not see it. So what do you take? You take out in prayer. He said, my heart desire. Then he says, and prayer. From heart desire, from having a heart desire for people to be saved, you're not going to prayer. You're not going to prayer. You're not going to prayer. You not begin to pray. You begin to pray for your friends. Bible says, and Job's captivity was turned around when he prayed for his friends. The way to greatness is living for people. I said the way to greatness is living for people. The way to greatness is living for people. The way to greatness is living for people. Jesus Christ's first miracle was not for himself. There are many of you here, you are crying for uh, uh, power. Power. And if that power comes, it's going to, you're going to uh, take money for yourself. And small, small influence. God does not hear a word again. And you, what they don't know is that it was actually a test. It was only a test. It was only a test. Small power. You, you, you lay down somebody for another power, nobody can talk to you again. Living for people. If people are always the focus, you never go wrong. I'm doing it for them. I'm doing it for somebody. I'm, when you walk outside and you see those who are not saved, when you see those who are standing somewhere, not saved, not saved, not saved. Many times, my friends and I will be outside. When we see you know, those times, you know, we walk past Vienna City, we see the prostitutes, when we see them, the next thing we go to the field, we go and pray for them. We will cry for them. We will cry. One day, while I was, at that time, those times, there was a place called Soja Bar. And Soja Bar, those times, you get prostitutes for three cities. Yeah. So, as we kept praying for them, one day, the Spirit of God came upon me. I said, in the name of Jesus, that place will come down. Not long after, the whole soldier bar was destroyed. Because the people in the area who were trying to win to Christ, after we talked to them in the morning, in the evening, they had soldier bar. And it was as cheap as three cities, so everybody could afford Affordable prices. <laughs> oh Lord. If everybody was doing something, the work would not be 
You know, at this point in time, like you look at the work is so huge. Many people are coming to church, but many more are not. On Sunday, we see people coming to church in their numbers. We see people coming to church in their numbers. But how many more are sleeping? So it's not about how many we are seeing. It's how many more are not. Oh, when I was coming to church on Sunday, and I was coming with Pastor Mike, as we were coming, I saw a number of young people sitting in a place. What were they doing? Playing football. Sunday morning. I said, Lord, I'm going to a church, going to be filled with young people. But what about these ones? So many are coming, but so many more are not yet. Can God share mutual concern with you? Do you know there are people that when God is looking for someone to win souls, do you know there are people God goes to first? Help God goes to first. Manuel, tell us your inspiration. What's your inspiration for winning souls? Thank you, sir, for the opportunity. Love you so much. Thank you, sir, for the opportunity. I love you, sir. Um, sir, please. Um, growing up, I've always known that Jesus Christ is the way to heaven. But then there was no passion there. But in 2018, you held a service at Best Western, a miracle service, the first miracle service. And you talked about the fire of God. And as you began to minister this song, the zeal of God has consumed me. Um, my heart kept burning on fire. And you said something very striking. You said a menorah is of no relevance if the candle has no fire. And... It, it really struck me. And you said there's a time frame for relevance in God before he plucks out your candlestick. So um, I realized that I'm not supposed to just live an ordinary life, um, play church and sleep. No, that people are on the street. And I realized that no two men are the same. Mm. You can have a cat and a lion cub. It just takes time to know the difference. Mm. The lion cap will mature and the cat will remain the same. Mm. So I realized that even as the scriptures have said that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. Mm. That means that the scriptures explain that we have the seal of God and it means that we are free from the judgment of God. And mm. I realized that if all these people knew that there was a wrath of God coming, they would want that seal upon their head. So I, I have this burning passion within me. And looking in the scriptures, I realized that Jesus talked about love, love, love. By the time that he emphasized it three times, he talked about feeding his flock, feeding his lamb. He told Peter, if you love me, lovest me, uh, lovest me more than these. He says, feed my flock, feed my lamb. It was always about taking care of the things that, of the things that, matter to God, of the people that matter to God. And I realized that Jesus bought the whole field. So once he bought the whole field, it means that we can't leave someone out of the equation. Mm. Everybody matters. Every single soul matters. And Jesus, um, Paul said something in Romans 11, I think verse 25, he said, and so Israel shall be saved after the fullness of the Gentiles 
have come in. It means that everyone, God, everyone that we see is a potential to enter into the, the kingdom of God. So, everyone we see is a potential. Yes, sir. So I can't, I can't be lax. And sir, when I was looking through scripture again, I realized that Abraham saved Lot. Mm. Once he made that attempt and he, he saved Lot, the next chapter, God appeared to him in a vision and he said that what I am thy shield and your great and exceeding reward. So I realized that you said that um, there is an eternal reward for soul winning. And God also rewards you with himself when you, you win souls. When you, what matters to you is what matters to God. Abraham saved Lot. Amazing. Abraham was the one who was begging God. If you find this number of people. If you find this number of people. Oh, God. Thank you, sir. Powerful. I remember that song. You just made me remember that song I sang that day. You know, for all you know, God could have organized that whole service because of you. Yeah. Oh, God has done it many times. Sometimes we will pray for meeting, pray for meeting, pray for meeting. Come and give your life to Christ. Three people will come out. It just happened to be a number of times. Three people will come out. Then I'll be asking God. I prayed, I fasted. Then God asked me, are they not enough? Are they not enough? Is, even if it was one person, was it not enough? The zeal of God has consumed me. It burns in my soul. A burning force that cannot be stopped. A fire that cannot be quenched. The zeal of God has consumed me. It burns in my soul. A burning force that cannot be stopped. Fire that cannot be quenched. Oof. Say Israel will be saved when the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. You know, we are, in, we are in very interesting prophetic times. We are very interesting prophetic times. Now, I want to explain something quickly so we understand the days in which we are. So winning has always been important. But we have come into one of the days where it is more than important. If there was any time in the history of the church that there should have been so winning, this is the time. You know, the, 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 the thing that confuses people and makes them not act the way they are supposed to act is, a lot of the time, when we read the Bible, we see the likes of Peter, Paul, like some superficial characters. They are just like, there's ladies sitting here, they are just like the guy sitting next to you. They were just like people. A lot of the time, it's because of the narration of the story. So you begin to see them. In their day, they also ate. They also walked. You understand? They were just ordinary men whom God gave um, assignments. And their obedience to those assignments made them extraordinary men. <laughs>